0: What's up and welcome to Wait Hold Up Podcast with Jessica Molina and Yarel Ramos. Each week, tune in as we have unfiltered conversations about careers, relationships, wellness, feminism, and of course, we'll often be joined by guests you either know or should know who will share their humor, knowledge, and their very own Wait Hold Up moments with us. Here
1: at Wait Hold Up, we want you to feel like you found your crew, your girls who you can do life with listen it's a crazy world out there and we can all use some help in our efforts to live our best lives we don't have all the answers but we're down to figure it out together thanks for listening here's our latest episode of wait hold up hello hello hello, hey everyone we're back we are back welcome
0: back to wait Holds up i am jessica i'm and we are very excited to have you on with us well like you guys are on the show we're very happy to have you join (laughs) us today because today we're talking about money, money 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 money
1: a topic that is very important and not a lot of us uh Ladies, men, families like to talk about it. Yeah. Don't even know where to start. We have zero idea. Actually, I was looking at some
0: articles and multiple are essentially that when it comes to finances, if women are married, they tend to leave it to their husband right. or to their partner right. to take care of it. Um, also that women, we should be good investors, but we're not very good investors and how in the long run that
1: really hurts us. So we don't even a lot of us don't even I mean, I didn't even know investments, stocks, all those numbers I that know. you gave. In Nothing. like your morning brief of news you know nasdaq it's i like, know the s&p is down 500 world. i'm like what's
0: <laughs> who who is that who is that what's going on is he so, does he fluctuate so much yeah no honestly absolutely that is 100 percent my sentiment and i think now as we're getting older um i And even if you're not, even if you're, like, just in college, it's something that we need to take super seriously. Like, do we
1: even take a class? Is there a class that we take? Did you take a class in high school or college about about your finances? Like, I don't think I ever, nobody ever taught me how to work on my credit or to get a credit card or how do loans work or taxes. Like, nothing was ever. Zero idea.
0: Uh, they taught. didn't teach you
1: how to like fill out like a check. Yeah. I mean if you use them. And still. I think that's that I mean that would be so valuable for like let's say a high school student that's about to go to college, a class on like taxes and student loans and student finances and you know, managing your checkbook and what happens when you get a credit card. How do you build your credit score? Ugh. Like these are things that I I mean I that learned least, the hard way. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, I think like the reality is is that we were put in a position where it almost feels like we were set up to fail and that's why it's like right now and i've tried i've gone to barnes and noble and i've read investing books and it still feels like people are speaking another language so that's why i'm super excited about today's episode because today's episode we have someone who just can help us like break down one layer because i think that's literally where we're starting we're starting with one layer and i think that Over the course of this year, we're definitely going to try and have more financial literacy um, episodes where we can have these conversations, where we can break down the stigma, where we can, you know, we've talked about negotiating for a higher salary before. And now we're going to talk about investing and what that looks like. And it's not going to be stocks, but we have someone who is really smart and who can speak to where a lot of us are at.
1: Right. And that's exactly that's just the beginning of this conversation, like financial freedom, financial stability, uh, being able to achieve all these things, buying a home, you know, all, all these things, all these things that we aspire to. And sometimes we just don't understand. Absolutely. Uh, so our guest today, her name is Eva Macias. She is a powerful leader and sought after speaker in the financial industry in Southern California. She specializes in helping women create a simple to follow financial plan in 60 minutes or less. This is her story. After learning uh, that her parents were retiring with just $1,100. Wow. Yep. Eva decided to dedicate her life to teaching women and working families how to achieve financial freedom.
0: I love that.
1: Eva, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's such an interesting topic and a very important subject to talk about. One that we, I feel like sometimes we're scared of it. Like just The conversation of money, money, and then mixed in with the future. And then, you know, the idea of like what our family knows and what we've been taught throughout the years. And then having like a serious conversation about being like, okay, I'm just financially stable. And what can I do to just be smart about my future and my money? So, you know, and, and I know a lot of our listeners are in that space as well. where They're like, okay, what is it that I need to do? But we just don't know. Yeah who are the um you know just to get
0: started can you let us know a little bit about like who are the type of people that you usually work with what are some similar stories that you hear about people when they come to you with financial issues well I from
2: the very wealthy to the very broke Mm. (laughs) and let me tell you something why because we all need the financial future the planning of it why one because people are making money so whether you feel like oh I don't need a planner I don't need someone to help me because I don't make enough money that's just a limited belief about your money because ultimately your Money's going to have to do things for you, invest, buy a home, you know what I mean? Get Mm -hmm. things, get assets. So I work from, you know, people who have millions of dollars to people who are like, you know what? I have no idea what I'm doing. I just got my very first job and I need you to help me fill out my package to go to work. So it depends on what the need is. Ultimately, I remember having a client who was my youngest client. She did not even have a job. And I said, hold on to this. You're going to need this when you get your job. And guess what she did? She held on to my business card, called me, and we were able to explain to her what her benefits were ultimately. Because nobody at work, even though you have an HR department, they don't, they're not certified to give you financial recommendations. They're right. there to make sure that you're not a liability to the employer.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dang. That's, a- That's true. I mean, it's, it does feel like whether it's from, you know, your your the packet that you get with the, from the HR department. to so when you're figuring out like your health insurance to, uh, you know, whatever, any contract you ever get, it feels like everything is designed
2: so that we don't understand it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Everything is. First of all, it's a different language right? Mm -hmm. It's a language of its own. And second, if you don't take the time to study it, most likely you're not going to know it, right? Mm -hmm. And third, a lot of the times, once we know this, then where do we go ask questions when we don't know? Right. So absolutely, it's designed because a lot of the times too, it's in a completely different form of conversation, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're talking, I don't know this world, but I know the world of numbers. And I know that sometimes numbers can be letters. Mm. You see? Most people don't know that because what they want is benefits, a job, money, so they can pay bills. What do you mean by numbers can be letters? So, for example, in some cases, depending on the type of investments, um, there are fees that, you know, when you think of fees, you think of numbers, right? Right. But sometimes the fees are disclosed in... There are 12B1 fees. You're like, what is that? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah What is a B and a 1? I didn't learn that in calculus. I only learned A through Z. Yeah, <laughs> what's you know? going on? No, so those things are really important. Most of the time they're hidden in ways that give you, um, a, like for example, if there's a fee in your portfolio, some of them are disclosed and some of them are not because they are disclosed in another pamphlet that needs to be added to the current pamphlet that's in another And they mailed it in a different place. Mm -hmm. So those little things, you would never know. Mm -hmm. I happen to hear this all the time when I see people who have 401ks in mutual funds. And mind you, I I don't have mutual fund. I don't knock them or anything like that, or even in stocks. And I cannot sell you stocks, okay? So let me just be very clear about Mm -hmm. that. But a lot of the times they don't know that there's fees associated with that. Mm -hmm. So when I have a client that says, oh, I don't have any fees. I said, bring me all the paperwork, including your prospectus and all the paperwork that they mail you on a quarterly basis and I will find you your fees. And they're like, what do you mean? (laughs) And you're speaking about the paperwork that your uh, job would send you, correct? So Mm -hmm. a lot of the times this paperwork is, for example, if you have a 401k.
1: What is a 401k
2: for? So a 401k is a plan that your employer puts together to be able to add for retirement. It's a supplemental retirement, right? Mm -hmm. Most people rely on social security. Back in the day, because this is very rare nowadays, Mm -hmm. they would have a pension plan and then they were offered you a 401k. And a 401k is supplementing these other two because the goal is to have 100% of your pay at the time of retirement. Social security only pays about 40%. So then you make it up with the pension plan. And if you can make it up with the pension plan, then you make it up with a 401k. Not all employers are forced or have to um, create one for you. So a lot of the times if they don't need to or if they don't have to set one up, they just don't.
1: What happens when, for example, you people have a job and then they left to another job? What happens with the 401k of
2: the previous employer? So they have options. One is you leave it there with the employer, right? And the second option is you roll it over into other, uh, what's called an IRA, an IRA, an individual mm-hmm. retirement account. Okay. There's tons of them. Um, some are better than others. Okay. Some of them have fees. Some of them don't have fees. So Three things that happen: You leave it with the current employer. You still have them manage It's a non-active right person. Mm-hmm. Then you can roll it over into an IRA, which now you can you have more say-so on it. Mm-hmm. And the third is you take it out and cash it up because you had no idea that you could roll it over or that mm-hmm. you could take it out. And then you pay the high penalties, usually about average of 30% of your investment. 20 okay. in taxes and 10 in, and 10 in penalties if you're under the age of 59 and a half.
0: Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That's not including any type of state. So So I
0: feel like that obviously I'm sure happens because of like what you said, so many people don't know. So what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes, misconceptions that you really see people do with their money?
2: With IRA money or just Just money in in general, in general? general? Just in general
0: with finances.
2: So the number one thing that I see is that we tell ourselves we now make this limited belief that we cannot pay ourselves first. And so I talk about this in my book. I talk about when you make a paycheck, the first thing you should do is put the money away a certain percentage, which is usually about 15%, put it away into a savings account in emergency savings, right? Then whether it be your house, your car, any other type of lifestyle, right? Then you pay your monthly responsibilities, your monthly expenses, whatever is left is left. So si no te dinero, if you don't have any more money, hey, no big deal. You're you're done for the month, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you still have the savings. And what happens usually is we get our paycheck. We already spent it. And then if we add credit cards, that means we even owe money we don't even have. So there's no room for savings. Mm-hmm. So that's the number one mistake. I see any age bracket any employer, whether you're a school teacher, you work for a private, anywhere. That is the number one mistake that I see, that we don't believe that we're going to need this money in the future. Mm. And what we're allowing to run to be our emergency money is now credit cards. Yeah, And so that's the number one mistake that I see. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, for me, it's interesting because I lived a life as like a freelancer for many, many years. Um, and so that life is like, Six months on, you're guaranteed work. Then maybe there's three weeks, a month, where it's like you're not so sure, and then back again. And I know that that's, particularly we're in LA, right? That is the media industry. So for that, it's like I did always operate from a place of like lack or like it's not going to be there, so I better just sort of store up. What about people who do live in that particular, like that is how they receive their income? I know that you mentioned something about, you didn't say the exact words, but essentially a passive income, you know, and I feel like in that particular instance, it would be beneficial to do, to have a plan in place where something else is making you money.
2: A hundred percent. Definitely. If you can have something that's more on a fixed income versus the 1099 income that come t- comes sporadically, one, definitely create something. And this is where investing takes place. Depending on the situation, right? Everybody mm-hmm. is different, but there's no one size fits all. But imagine where real estate can be as a passive income. why because most people buy back in the day people would buy to live now you can buy to invest and not move out of your parents house (laughs) yeah yeah you get what I'm saying why for two reasons one your parents probably need that little bit of extra income that you're probably giving them on a monthly basis right yeah because they didn't save enough or what can happen is that if you decide to still stay at your parents that now you have this real estate income that's potentially giving you a few hundred dollars on a monthly basis Right. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's also getting you the equity component of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. so real estate is one of them. Um, if you happen to have, you know, maybe you do have you work part time, but you have your freelance work. Also, one of the things is running your business like a business, mm-hmm. because a lot of the times people mesh things up so much in their business. They don't know what's personal. They don't know what's business well, I can write off my house. Again, I'm not a tax preparer, but I know that when you run your business and you operate from a business account and then you spread it into different accounts to be able to support lifestyle. So for example, you have a business account, you put 15% in profit. It may not be 15%. You may start up with 5% and then 7% and you build up to the Mm -hmm. 15. Then you pay yourself 30%. Let's just Mm -hmm. say you pay yourself up 30%. Then you put away for taxes about 20%. Everybody's different. I would go standard rate 20%. So then what happens is this 30% now your lifestyle is adjusting based off of that 30%. And so not the 100% because Mm -hmm. one, you want to leave money in your business account. Two, you want to be able to have a profit. One thing I also see with freelancers or just people who have a 1099 income Mm -hmm. is that they run everything there and they never have money to save. And it feels like you're running a bit, you're running your business and all you're doing is paying taxes, paying expenses, and there's no profit.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and you mentioned real estate, right? With the situation that we're living in nowadays where housing is so expensive, rent is so expensive and just buying property. I mean, just here in LA, homes that are one bedroom are going for like a million dollars. Who can afford that?
2: yeah absolutely and it goes down to remember if we can buy in the location here we're only growing (laughs) which means we should we'll be expanding which we already have so a lot of the times for example here where we are most people will not be able to get a home here Mm -hmm. so let's not always be attached to the particular i want to live in this location it's i don't mind having an investment out let's just say 50 miles out because that's the key right like the investment idea of it yes the investment idea and you don't get attached to the house you get attached to or not attached but you look at the numbers if the numbers make sense then that's a yes if the numbers are in green then that investment it doesn't matter if it's you know, out in the boonies, you, if the number, it's making money. Money, Right. right? Some people are like, I would never invest in Apple Valley. I'm like, but if each one of those homes gave you four to $500, would you? They're like, absolutely. I said, then let's take a look at Apple Valley. (laughs) You know what I mean? So the numbers have to make sense. Not always so much the location. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think that recently there was a study,
2: um,
1: by the federal credit reserve of of, in in the country saying that millennials face like a trillion dollars in debt um it's like the highest amount of money in debt for any generation um that 20% of millennials believe uh in debt believe that they will die without paying it off and that was like a sh- I'm like oh my god I'm part of this generation what <laughs> is going on what what
2: are, what am I going to do to change that and you know what's interesting it's true I see it all the time one in student debt and two in credit card debt so there are two separate animals we got to trigger here right mm-hmm. one is your education you invested in yourself. I'm a big believer in that, investing in yourself. But then there's this other component of now we're also not only in student debt, but in credit card debt, mm-hmm. which limits our buying power for any type of bigger purchase like a home, like mm-hmm. an investment component. Right. I remember giving an advice to, um, and this is not advice to Steph why but- <laughs> I remember telling uh, these two girls, these two young girls, and their mom is going to help them put the down payment of their home. And I said, if your mom's helping you put a down payment of your house, imagine you buy this house. You live there for two years. You guys become roommates. Okay. This is a li- this is limited. I understand your sisters. And sometimes you may even not <laughs> be able to yeah. you know, see page to page, but you're doing it for the investment component, which means what? Which means you buy it. Then you position yourself in a way to sell it depending on the market. This was quite some time ago. If they would have sold it, which they did, they sold a property. I said, you're going to, you can not be attached to, you're only going to buy one house. They're yeah. going to flow.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
2: Right. We're talking about sometimes we live in this, I don't live in abundance and scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. This one investment can ultimately pay off maybe 50% of your student debt. And now you put the other additional 50% to be able to get you into your next house.
1: Mm.
2: And that's the only quickest, fastest way when there is money. You see, yeah. it's because where are you going to if you have a hundred thousand dollars of student loan or credit card debt, where are you going to get it? You're not, it's going to take you forever, a lifetime to pay that off. But if you're strategic on saying, I'm going to be buying real estate over time so that I can pay this off in a certain amount, then Hey, why not? Right. So it's all strategy. One thing, of course, and understanding that the higher the debt it means we're not saving the lower the savings. So as a whole, yes, that's alarming. And a bigger reason why we should say, okay, where am I? Because, you know, some people have, you know, average credit card, debts about 50,000 nowadays. 50,000? Mm. 50, yeah. People say 30. I say more, just realistically from yeah. the numbers that I've seen. And Ooh. so people live in this thing that credit is good. It's and, not bad. It's just knowing how to use it.
1: And I mean... Just that idea of being in debt for $30,000. Like, what does that do to someone's credit score?
2: What does that do to like someone's mental? I mean, (laughs) not so much the credit score, it's more of the mental. Hmm, Yeah. 100%. Because then talk about, you know, if you work. Yeah. And if you run a household, and then if you have children, and then you're trying to keep your marriage, and then try to pay bills, depending on so when sure they're due, when they're yeah. this, when they're that, we all well, usually tell ourselves we don't have time. So adding a credit card is going to say, oh, I have to open up the bill, pay attention to it. I can automate this. But if I'm still using it, I may ne- never know how much I have in debt. Right. So it's simplifying our finances for the peace of mind, yeah. ultimately. Do
1: you recommend, and this is something that comes from like, I, and I and I would love to touch on that subject as well. Like, you know, our families, right. And our, and our upbringing, like money. I mean, mm. at least in my household, money was, it's not like we had an abundance of money where it was like, Hey, making it rain all the time. And like, <laughs> you have, you, we all have, you know, a trust fund yeah. and like, you, right. You don't need to pay for college, et cetera, et cetera. But I remember my father being really, um, really just cautious with cards. Like, I don't think he, he, I think he had like one credit card and it was one of those things that, uh he never used it he just had it because they told him he needed to open an account to build his score and he would be like you're not gonna have a credit card because if you don't have the money then you don't have the money right yeah. and mind you he has great credit like it's like amazing yeah. but then growing up it was like I, I felt like I heard it somehow like no 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 you need to open up at least a few accounts and you know put a little bit of money here and it's like why don't we Why aren't we taught these things, right? Because then we're thrown out in the real world and you see, you get all these credit cards with like $5,000 and what happens? It's
2: like My first credit card was with Discover and I'll never forget it because I actually racked it up to $3,000 because I was traveling to Paris. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Don't, you know. And let me tell you something. I wanted to file bankruptcy because I'm like, oh my God, I owe (laughs) $3,000. I'm like 19 years of age. Oh my God, my parents have no idea. My mother, my father do not own any credit cards. They never have. Okay, they've never owned a new car. Okay? Mm. Because it was so bad, right? Right, right? right, Even though they didn't have credit, they were a lot more abundant because they were learned they only lived off of cash. Right. Okay? What's happening with this credit and to believe that I need all these credit cards. I actually have a few clients that some of them have about 30 credit cards. Okay? Oh, you don't Please. need that many to have good credit. That's actually dinging your credit yes, a say, lot of the time. It's actually times. worse yes. to open that. Plug. Especially because if they're all over a 20% of usage, then it's going to ding. Remember, a credit card is a bank saying, how much can I trust you with this money? Mm -hmm. Okay. How much can I trust you with it? Safety, meaning you're in the green is about zero to 20%. I always say, keep it at 15 just to be super extra safe, right? What do you mean? I'm sorry. What's the percent exactly? So so for example, if you have a credit card, right, of a thousand dollars, let's just suppose. And if you're going to use that credit card, do not charge more than $150 gotcha. on that credit card okay. because even though you have a $1,000 access, you should only be using about 20%, 20% or less. Let's just is. say $200 gotcha. worst case scenario and then pay that off. Yeah. So you could let it go, maybe roll it out for three months because ultimately credit is about the length of it mm-hmm. and can they trust you with it? Yeah. Okay. So with these credit cards, what's happening is that we're maxing them out and then we're getting another credit card mm. and then we're maxing out and then we're getting another credit card yeah
0: I mean I use my credit card like it's my debit card right so I put all my bills on it because I want to get the points from whatever it may be but then I pay it off every cycle So that's sort of like, yeah, get the miles, get all my vacations in there. So that's, and you know, and it's pretty much come down to just like one credit card. But I remember being on my college campus and people were like, sign up for a credit card for a free t-shirt. And because you don't know, I'm like, oh, great. Go to Victoria's Secret and you get 20% off. You're like,
2: sure, sign me up. And it's just like, yo, they're vultures out there. Right. 100%. I remember the free t-shirt. I think I still have mine. And it wasn't even cool. Yes. It was not a quote said discover on there. And you're like this is not even cool, right? No, I totally get it. Absolutely. But understanding that you don't need that many credit cards. First of all, not, they're not evil. It's learning like you, you're responsible Mm -hmm. about it. You have a good habit. The problem is what happens when you don't have the habit, Mm -hmm. right? And you think, oh, I'll take care of it later. And then later didn't come because I'm sure in our Latin cultures, un Mm día, someday, Mm -hmm. and someday never comes. And so Mm -hmm. then you get comfortable with, oh, I have the money, but I think I'm just going to not use it for that credit card Mm -hmm. payment Mm -hmm. so that we start believing that we have more when really we don't. So yeah, it's a hundred percent to be mindful of that. Having good habits. You don't need that many three credit cards history of it. And you, if you have one, don't go out and go get credit cards, but just be responsible with that one, that one being responsible versus 30, not responsible. Big obviously difference. big difference 100 yeah. percent.
1: and you know you talk about investments and i know that's also like a subject that it's like ah, i want to like, learn like, do what I do, do i do, do? <laughs> what do i do um because i, I again it comes it goes along along the lines with like the culture that we grew up in you know just like you said like your parents were living you know they were very abundant and they were really smart with money because sometimes i with, with my with what my dad tells me and like how much money he was making and what he's built with it i'm like wow jesus how'd you <laughs> yeah. do it you know what I mean and you had kids and you had a home and you had a I'm like hello and it was the saving idea right my such good it's like some things were passed on to me but now I'm like okay dad like what about investments and he's like what do you mean investments like there's there wasn't enough for investment and it's like it's like now I feel like my responsibility
2: right to learn And to be smart about my money. Yeah, 100%. And you're in a different place now. You have maybe, for example, my parents didn't have the education, right? They didn't go to school. They had to learn things, you know, just lifestyle type of status. So for my parents who did not have the college education or just any education, really, they only knew what they knew at that time. Now you have a lot more. We have Google. We have friends. You know what I mean? We speak. My parents understand English, but they don't speak it fluently. So now we have so much more knowledge just right. by us speaking two languages. Right. You see, so right. investments usually scares us because we think only of the stock market, and then we go back to two thousand and eight. Like, I don't want to put my money yeah. there and then lose forty yeah. percent of it, right? And, and mm-hmm. then
1: the idea, the idea as well that only rich people, only like super rich people, can right. invest because you, you have cri- money and it'll make you. Yeah, money Yeah, because
2: you need extra. You know, you need a lot of money to be able to invest. And see, the thing is that if you don't have a lot of money. Money, then one thing you do have is time so i mean warren buffett says this all the time and it was interesting because he said you know you can teach your formula to everybody how come people just don't follow your formula mm-hmm. he goes because they don't want to get wealthy over time they want it now mm-hmm. instant I mean, gratification like that's
0: probably Ooh, even more so now oh for
2: sure in, that instinct, instant gratification gratification yeah. and so what's happening is we're saying I don't want to put I'm just using this $100 a month over 40 years. No way. I'm thinking what can I do with the $100 now, right? Right, right, right. And right. so again, we don't want to take invest the time. Real real wealth is is money invested over time. Real wealth. Mm-hmm. Let's go to real estate. You buy a house, it's a 30-year commitment. You're not getting rich overnight. You see? Right. right. Now, if you go buy a stock, let's just say, you know, a apple or or you know uh, google or netflix or anything you can go to sleep at one price and in the morning it's going to wake up to another price so it's a different type of wealth that's not wealth ultimately now do i think people need to understand the diversification of investments yes cash can be an investment because if the market is going down and you have cash and you didn't lose anything you're already winning yeah you see knowing that knowing the type of short-term investments midterm investments long-term investments long terms are you know we're all young in this room Think, you know we're all yeah. looking fab yeah. and so we're not thinking oh what am i going to do our retirement because our brain is like what am i doing next week i'm not yeah. thinking retirement yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so the goal is to plan in gary v says is reverse engineering mm-hmm. When do we want to stop working and what does it need? Time and money. Where do we need to invest in? That's so what this way, when that age comes, whether it be 62, 65, you know, so forth, then we stop working. Right. Now, for some of us who are like, I don't want to work till I'm 60, I want to stop working until I'm 50 or 45. Great. Then what are you going to do for the next 20 years? If you're 25, what do you to do for the next 20 years that's going to allow you to semi retire at 45? Because most people don't retire and not do anything.
0: Right. You're going to be bored out your mind. Yeah. yeah. Like there's only about so much Netflix. I know a
2: 45 year old who is retired and he goes, There's no way I still work because there's one, he's like, I can't stay at home with my wife all day. (laughs) That's one. (laughs) And two, he's like, My kids would drive me crazy. Yeah. And three, that's all I know is how to do this. Mm -hmm. And it brings me, it's my passion. So guess what? He's going to continue doing it. Absolutely. It brings him joy. (laughs) Exactly. And your investments should bring you joy. A 100%. Your investments need to make sure that when you go home, you're like, I'm good. I'm going to be okay.
0: Hey, everyone. As you know, Yarel and I love to shout out people yes. who leave us reviews on iTunes. It really, really helps other people find our podcast so that we can spread the love. And today we want to highlight Paco 3 Galvez
1: Paco Yes What's
0: up This says I've been listening to this podcast for a while Love the insights And the latest podcast Really inspired me To look into my spiritual journey with meditation I thought I was the only Mexican that meditated LOL (laughs) 10 days of silence Wow 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 (laughs) Thank you so much Paco That is all you Yerel Yeah First of all You're not the only Mexican Latino (laughs) Latina No you're not To meditate That's for sure Right I love the comment. Thank you so, so much for your comment. And if you want to be featured in the next episode, definitely drop us a comment in iTunes. Thanks. you know, it's interesting how like we are young, but retirement is something that we should be thinking about now. percent. And so, you know, for people who maybe ha- don't have anything set up for retirement, we know, we know a lot of entrepreneurs. So people who have built their own businesses and are doing great with it at this moment in time, but how can they start to set themselves up so that they can say that as an entrepreneur, there is still a day where I will not have to break my back to do to have some income
2: yeah absolutely so as a business owner you can sometimes set up uh, a SEP IRA self-employed right mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing um, but to start off for someone who's just starting off and I'll bring this up Know that you can set up an individual retirement account. You can go open it up. Usually banks have them. I don't always recommend banks, mm-hmm. but you know they can also call me, and we could set up an individual retirement account. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are certain max contributions to that. Usually it's five thousand five hundred a year. Once you get over fifty, it's sixty five hundred. And most people are like, "Well, there I'm limited to how much money I can put." Well, you're going to max that one out, and then you're going to set up a Roth IRA. And in the Roth IRA, it's going to be set up a little bit differently in a way that you're going to pay your taxes now. And then all of those gains over time in the future are ultimately just the principal is going to be tax free. Mm-hmm. And then you can have cash value life insurance policies. Not all of them are good, but strategically you can set up an account. Some of them are called the rich man's Roth because you're able to customize that one based on your needs and it gives you more for your buck. Mm-hmm. And I say more for your buck because especially in our Latin communities, we our health gets in the way. When it comes to financial plan, there's a few things that are at risk. It's one, if you're in the right type of portfolio. Two, what type of fees are you being charged? And three, your health. The biggest component when it comes to wealth where people lose a lot of their wealth is because they didn't anticipate a heart attack or they didn't anticipate some sort of drastic change in their finances, you see? Yeah. And so because of that, it's important to know that even though you're an entrepreneur, 1099, if you make any dollars whatsoever, that you could set up an individual retirement account. You could do a traditional, what does a traditional mean? That just means that if you make $50,000 of 1099 income from different sources, and you open up a, a um, traditional IRA, right? And you max it out, you put the 5,000, I'm just going to do simple math. You have 50,000, you put in $5,000 into an IRA. You're only going to get taxed on $45,000. And then out of those $45,000, you're then going to put that 15%. You're then going to put it into a Roth investment. And now the rest you can spend So you saved in a pre-tax, you saved in a post-tax, you got it balanced, you have two investment vehicles now. And again, that investment vehicle, now you're going to potentially use a portion of it to buy your real estate. So now you're getting into three with the same source of income. You just have to follow a flow and then master that flow. And before you know it, like you, you mastered knowing I'm going to put all this on my credit card. I know how much I'm going to pay it off based on the income that I bring in. Right. Same thing there. You say, this is where I'm at. I'm going to pay this first, which is pay yourself first in a retirement account. Then whatever is left, I'm going to still add a little bit more here to balance off the taxes. Taxes also as part of financial planning and a huge financial thing. Right. Well, you just talked about something. You said we're in trillion dollars of debt, which means, guess what? Our taxes are only going to increase. Mm. Do I have solid proof of that? No. Do I have any inside information about that? No. But let's do the numbers. Let's look at the history of taxes. Yeah. Have they ever decreased? Um, no. <laughs> Will they decrease knowing that we have trillions of dollars in debt? no No. so let's get realistic with ourselves so it's a balance of a pre-tax and post-tax which means i'm going to pay some taxes now and then i'm going to do some investments to not pay taxes in the future
1: i mean Mm. i I love i see like i love all this information and i'm like trying to write all these things down it takes a while it it takes a while right but even thinking right now like it's like okay uh i'm gonna do this it scares me like it scares me to just go i'm like all right i need to like Save more and I'm going to go down all my expenses. Why are we scared of money? Why are we scared of money and why are we scared?
2: So, two things. One is culturally the limited beliefs our parents already put upon us, like don't go get a credit card. Oh my God, it's so bad type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. One. And two, we don't have the proper guidance. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time when people are like, oh, I don't need a financial planner or I don't need a financial advisor or I don't need that. That stuff is for the wealthy or that's that's for people who have money. I'm like, no, because usually dealing with the financial planner, you end up with 20 percent more in your investments mm-hmm. just from planning purposes, because we see it day in and day out. You don't see it day in and day out. And a lot of the times you become emotionally attached to your money, whereas of oh, for sure. someone like myself we're just logical. It's just numbers. And this is my quote. I always say, I turn black and white into green. Mm. So, because all you can see is black and white and I need to turn it into green. I need to turn it into money. So I think it's to the fear of Having to face our reality is yeah. the biggest one.
1: Yeah, because me just thinking right now, like, okay, I'm gonna go home and like sort out, like, you know, how much money I make and my bills. I'm just like, ah, it sounds like I don't a-
2: do it. I'm <laughs> well, scared. Well, I'm for scared. sure. And,
0: and speaking to your point on like finding a financial planner, I think there's also you know, we've we've spoken and prior to hopping on the microphones, we were talking about like some of the pitfalls or downfalls of social media. And I think part of that is like now there's like everyone's a financial planner. Everyone's a life coach. Everyone's a this or that. And it's just like we like wading through who's legit, who's going to actually be able to help you because you can build a website, you can have a great social media following. So also like and you know, and you mentioned Warren Buffett and Gary Vee who are great minds in the space. But like for, the, for us who are looking for more, like, local, obviously, you're an amazing resource. But how can people, we like, figure out who is someone that they can trust and that, like, is a verified individual that they can work with?
2: Okay. So it's important like anything, right? When you go for job interviews, what are they doing? They're trying to find the qualified person to yeah. actually suit the job. So why not you interview? Mm. interview them ask them for their credentials ask them for what they stand for ask them for what they've done ask them to see if you guys are in the same space because I can tell you this much I've sat with other planners and we don't see eye to eye Mm -hmm. on just the theory of how to invest because again if they're dealing with five percent of the population they may have clients that lose a few million dollars and that's okay I'm saying we are not in a situation where I have clients that have a few million dollars to lose right you see right so it's you know that You get to interview them, especially as us women,
1: whether Mm -hmm. you're a Latina
2: or not, just women generally, trust your intuition. 100% trust your intuition. It never lies to you ever. So it's really important that you say, I like this person because of this. I don't like this person because of this. I don't see eye to eye with this person. So out of five planners, you break it down. From the five, you break it down to three. From the three, which one is best and why? And then you hire them. Mm, that's actually really great and you know it's interesting because you've talked about and now you just mentioned intuition you
0: have mentioned abundance before and so I feel like there's definitely a sense of 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 a spiritual component that I think that you bring into your work. And like you've said, like the abundance mindset multiple times or operating from a place of lack. So let's speak a little bit about that side of things, yeah, you know, outside yeah. of the numbers. Like, like how that. can our mind <laughs> I know right? that one we're a little bit more comfortable yeah, yeah, with yeah, I can right. wrap my head around right, that. Right, right. Totally. I know. Um you know what role does our mind And our, the way that we speak to ourselves, to others, um, what role does that play in our ability to generate more
2: income? 100% a huge role. Obviously that's not something that I can say, look, because of your spiritual guidance, Mm -hmm. this is what you should do, right? I would never come from that, but let me tell you something. 100% of my own personal, right? Investments, personal, just moving forward with, with growth and everything has been for me, trusting my fear. You're like, what do you mean trusting your fear? Yeah. Okay. Imagine if you use fear as an indicator for your next step and not as a fear of, oh my God, I'm afraid I can't touch. What if fear is the indicator for you that that's where you need to go next? I didn't know any of this stuff. Nothing at all. You didn't
1: study? Like you didn't.
2: I did not study this. I used to be a political science major. I had an internship at the White House and realized politics was not for me. Okay. Then I wanted to be an attorney. So I ended up getting an internship at a law firm in downtown LA, Manga, and Olson. They're still there. And I said, I don't want to go to school for the rest of my life and have a huge debt at the end of it. So I'm not going to do this. At the time, I was actually doing escrow. I was an escrow officer. So I know how to handle short sales, foreclosures, probates, all real estate based, right? Did my first figure, my six figures at like 22, 23. I think it's, I was 23 when I did my first six figures and I thought I was on top of the world, <laughs> right? Little did I know. I did buy my first house at 23, my second one at 24. I, in my head, I was unstoppable. Then I got $300,000 in the hole because I thought abundance was going to flow so all the time. And yeah. then 2008 hit and it's like, er, um, yeah, I'm about to lose everything. Wow. So I tell you this because of the fact that what happens is I was scared for my houses to be taken, for my cars to be repoed, for me not to ever have credit. I was so scared. And I wasn't really scared of the creditors because there's always ways out. What I was much more scared of is what was my family going to think of me? Mm And so that was actually my biggest fear. It's like, they were going to see me and the conversations I was having was, oh my God, I'm such a loser. And not that I was like verbally telling myself this, but you know, your insecurities kick into levels of like, what am I doing? And what, you know? And so I realized I'm like, wait, I'm a good person. I have really good intentions. Why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. And the reason why it was happening to me and it wasn't happening to me, it was happening for me is because I realized For the longest period of time, you would never get me on a mic for me to share my story because Mm -hmm. I was so ashamed of it. Now I'm like, I turned that whole mess into a message and I learned the lesson because if I didn't learn the lesson, then that lesson would happen over and over and over until I learned it. And I realized early on after just doing a lot of spiritual growth and, and transformational growth of who do I get to be? And I read this recently, I put this on my Instagram and I said, you can apply old formulas, and expect new results. Mm, mm -hmm. So you got to change the formula to be able to change the results. So I needed to change who I was becoming and realize that I needed to face my fears and my fears was my family. So I said, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. They all thought I was crazy. And I said, I want to learn more about this because my family retired with $1,100 combined retirement income up to this day. My car payment at the time was $1,200, one out of the four cars that I had. And Mm -hmm. I said, something's off here. And I need to understand it because if this is happening to us and we're a good family, I wonder how many other families this is happening to? And allowing to say, instead of it, okay, I could have learned it and then just kept it to myself. And I could have been absolutely okay. I could have had a job anywhere. You know what I mean? Like no big deal. I said, this is bigger than me. So it's understanding that sometimes you're going through these life lessons, whether it be financial lessons sometimes, Mm -hmm. and it's, what is it? What's the lesson you have to learn there, or you get to learn to be able to empower other people. Mm. And so allowing that fear of all of that, instead of holding me small, again, things manifested from the financial boot camp to the book to the just, hey, this is what I'm about because I learned it. One of my biggest fears was actually being in front of Caucasian men, mid-ages mm. about 55, because they tend to to know everything mm. or act like they do or act like they, <laughs> yeah. or act like they do. So one of my biggest fears was to sit in a room with, an, with the male because my business is very male or my industry is very male dominant. And that's a whole lot of businesses, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm so scared to have a conversation with them. Why am I scared? I said, I'm only scared because I don't know the, edu- I don't know the knowledge or the education that they have. So guess what? I'm scared of that how can I replace that? Let me go learn. Let me go teach myself what they know. And so that fear of want, like I fear being in front of them guided me to say, what's my next step? My next step was to know what they know. And that's what ultimately allowed me to be able to create what I've created now, which is ultimately my own firm, you know, being independent, having my own starting from nothing, not going to business school, just surviving the, the pitfalls of, a new entrepreneur. Like I said, there was no plan B. It was plan A. There was never a plan B. And so that drove me to say, you know what? It's no longer about me. It's about something bigger. Mm -hmm. And so your finances are no longer about you. It's about something bigger. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to take myself back to, remember when all the earthquakes happened in Mexico City? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I was really heartbroken about that because I said, if we were living our financial situation in such an abundant way, most very wealthy people, what do they do? They give it away. Mm -hmm. So if we allow ourselves to believe that at one point we can just give money away, our financial well-being would be completely different. And we would start making decisions based off of one day I'm going to give money away versus I don't have it. Mm.
0: Wow. I mean, yes, (laughs) Yes. like essentially, yes. I think that's part of it because it's like, even when I think about like ways that I can be of like service to community, it's like, well, if I don't have time, which I don't with my work schedule, with the building, the podcast with whatever it may be, it's like, oh, I wish I could give some more money to this organization or to, you know, help with that. And so I agree. I think like if we were all in this space of like overflow, it would be almost second nature.
2: We're so used to living in scarcity Mm. that we don't allow what it would look like for us to know that it was our birthright to live in flow. Mm. Somewhere along the line, we didn't get the memo that we can live in flow. We've lived in fear because everything, it's our environment matters. Everything around us is fear based. So we have never given ourselves permission to say, you know what, I can have everything in mm-hmm. life that I've ever wanted yeah. because I'm willing to put in the time to be able to get everything I want. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time, but we don't have enough of that positivity, that positive flow. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And we have a lot of information, but we don't have a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm.
0: And That's then when you have
2: the knowledge, and I've said this, knowledge is not power. I think they forgot to finish the sentence. It's knowledge is power when applied. Okay. You can have all the knowledge here, but if you're not applying it, it's not powerful. And so knowing that you are capable, you were, I didn't know any of this. And I taught myself this. Why? Because I really wanted it because there was no plan B. I needed to figure it out for myself and for my family. And guess what? I force myself to learn it, not in a bad, forceful way, in a way that the sooner I learn this, the bigger impact I make, Mm -hmm. right? And I take it back to my parents. If my parents immigrated from Mexico and they came over here and they did not know how to learn, they did not know how to read or write. And my mother taught herself how to read and write. How come I, who speaks two languages, who did go to school, right? Mm -hmm. How come I can't win here? And so it's just putting things into perspective. Mm. Mm -hmm
0: damn girl. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, okay yeah. Yes. Let's so, keep this going. Speaking, speaking yeah. of that knowledge, yeah. you are going to give us a list of books, of, of resources that we can share with our community, because right. I think that just made me be like, okay, I got to do some I research. Gotta do some re- so
1: and you got to let us know too about your boot camp so that we can yes. share it with our listeners yes, as well, because uh, it, it's a subject that is so important. And yeah. again, fear, uh, scared of being in this. Uh, flow of abundance with everything with money like it shouldn't scare us and we should be having these conversations with our girlfriends with yeah. our families um
2: it's it's yeah I it's, share vacations it's not nice to go on a vacation by yourself if your friends can't afford to be there
1: right it is I not. totally yeah. is, agree we talk about this I
0: know a lot. exactly I'm like where are we going time. because where
1: it's, it's kind of weird when you're gonna go on a vacation and one of your friends it's like ah
0: yeah no if it's like if there's if someone's uncomfortable with finances yeah. it totally yeah. is just my gonna, niece is in mm-hmm. her
2: 20s and she she listened to me early on she was 19 when she was actually my client and she's listened to me okay that little and I say little because right she's my niece yeah. right but she's not little she's 29 and so every single year she takes about three trips every single year and one year she invited me because she wanted to go to the Harry Potter thing in Florida <laughs> and I was like why don't you invite your girlfriends she was like they don't have any money for this and I'm like what what do you mean? You guys all still live at home, (laughs) right? you know? And so it ended up being that, um, I saw one of her girlfriends and I was like, how is this young girl? She had like $30,000 in debt. And she's like, yeah, it's not fun. So me, the cool aunt, uh, she's like, I know you could afford it so you can go with me. And I said, sure, no problem. I took on my best friend. I said, let's go. And I realized early on, I was like, wow, it's so interesting. Like, It's not fun to be up there if you're all by yourself when you can take a group of people that you enjoy being around. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, honestly, I feel like this conversation can go on so, so long. And I would, what I would love is, you know, I would love for our listeners to send in questions and maybe we can have you back on. And then, you know, we can really like dig into some more personal or some other topics. Yeah. Because I think that. All of our experiences are also, while they may be different, they're very similar and they're rooted in a lot of the same problems. Yeah, 100%. So I think that, you know, as this community continues to grow, this is definitely a conversation of financial freedom that we want everyone to experience. For sure. Let's all go on vacation together, y'all.
1: Yes. (laughs) I
0: love it. Where can
2: people find you on social media? Tell us a little bit about your book. Yes. So a little bit about my book. My book was inspired to ultimately, I said, if I can't see you on a one-on-one basis, I still want to make an impact in your life. And so that's where the book was created the financial boot camp, I created that from one thing I remember people saying I don't have enough money and in my head i'm like, I know you do You just don't see it because I see it. So I said Let's let me find your money and that's where I created financial bootcamp because once you find your money You're like, oh my god I had a lady who said I only spent about two thousand dollars a month on other living expenses And when we did her financial she was spending about fifty two hundred dollars a month on other expenses that were not necessary in the household. Right. And so I wow. created the financial boot camp to empower women to say, "Okay, let me take more. Let me let me first of all get guidance yeah. to let me have the confidence. I'm teaching you how to fish." you get what I'm yep, saying? Yep, I'm yep. teaching you how to handle your finances so that if Eva Masia is not in front of you, you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was where that was created. That's amazing. Why did I focus a lot on women is because I'm one and we think very differently than men. And my head goes in multiple directions. Mm-hmm. I don't just, if you say invest, I'm going to be like, okay, let me invest. I'm like, no, I'm over here thinking, am I going to have a chance to get my nails done? Or the ki-, you know, I don't have kids, but will I have some money to make sure I take my dog to the groomer, like things like that. Our heads go in so many different directions. So I decided to focus on women and really empower us women because most of us actually experience a lack of, especially if there's divorce, we end up getting the shorter end of the stick. Mm-hmm. If we have babies, we get the shorter end of the stick yeah. because we didn't contribute as much into, because we took some time off for the baby. Yeah. So I said, no, we need to, we need to know this specifically as women. And, um, that's where a lot of my, my book and just the, and that. do i see men yes i do see men <laughs> you know do we love men yes we yes. do i love my husband all about that but i really think that as a community we're women we're healers so yeah, if we can help heal healers, one another right? if we can naturally heal one another why not right yeah i think right. it's, it's so beautiful. necessary and Absolutely. So they could definitely find me all of my social handles from instagram to facebook to even my website and um what other things do we have yeah so we have facebook instagram and my website is uh, Eva Macias. So evamacias.com, at evamacias on Instagram. And then on Facebook, I have Eva Macias, which is my personal page. But then my business page, which is Eva Macias and Associates. Amazing. So yes, absolutely. Awesome. So
1: awesome. happy for all your success. Thank you. Eva, and thank you, you know, for having me. Thank you for sharing this Oh, no, this as was well. amazing. This was, this great. was a this was great. of
0: knowledge. Oh, you like my pun? Oh, you like that? <laughs> okay. 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 I Just like making sure one. everybody calls. I it. Like, <laughs> I know. I like mean, I was like, wait, wait, what? I liked it, Jess. Oh, I thank you. Well, we can't wait to have you back on. Thanks. We so, will have her back. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's got to happen. I'm excited. excited. Yes, for sure. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Yo, I feel like I have so much homework to do uh, now.
1: For real. Do you have anything in particular that you follow in terms of finances? Like, is there something that you that like, you do? Like an
0: app or something? Yeah.
1: I mean, in terms of finances, I use Digit.
2: Hmm.
0: um which it basically automatically takes money from my checking's account to and puts it in like a savings account so sometimes and it, it does that depending on how much money it sees is going into your savings I mean into your checking account right. so at times when it's like I'm making a lot of money it's not like pulling yeah. out hundreds of dollars a week so that I'm yeah. like in deficit right. but like when it does see that I'm making more money then it does start to take more money out ah. of it so what was really nice is last year I got hit with a crazy tax bill and I was like I don't have the money to pay for this and actually I did because it was in my digit account oh. um so but that feels like like a very it's like a very very basic level like right Mm. now after this conversation with eva like i want to look into something where there's like a little bit more interest for what i have what i'm working on saving so that this way my money is starting to make money like that idea has totally surpassed me i also feel like now i need to like really go through my like credit card statements and look at like where the hell i'm spending my money i already know it's gonna be like on food because i love to go out to eat um but i want to like figure out exactly like where is my money going yeah. so that i can really be conscious about how i'm spending it the other yeah. thing y'all let me tell you if you don't uh. use ebates already do you use ebates no Well, you can't let clothes sense you all the time. But (laughs) if you shop online, you need to be using Ebates. And actually, you need to be using it through me so I can get like five bucks because i give you a coupon, a code. Okay, I need that code. But basically, Ebates is really nice. And these are just like those little things that you can do. But when you shop through Ebates, you... um, You go through their site and they're getting a commission from every store. So say it's like Nike or Macy's or Topshop or wherever it is that you're shopping from. Those stores are paying a commission, so it's free for you to use. And then if I shop through the the site, then it's like I can get 10% um, cash. I can get 10% back off of what I've bought. so you can Ah. use it for Expedia so it's really nice because it's not always 10% sometimes it's 1% sometimes it's 4% it always varies depending on the store and like on Black Friday or different holidays they'll have more but it's just nice it's like I just gotta check for like $30 and it's shopping that I'm already doing Hmm. so I'm always looking at ways that it's like okay if I'm gonna be spending this money how am I getting a little bit back also taxes in LA are crazy so like if I can save some there and then the other thing I do is I always look for a promo code before i check out so like retail me not is a really good site retail me not okay. yes uh hello people y'all need to be sponsoring us because i'm but, hooking you up yes, but um it's a really good site where it's like the other day i was buying something and it's like oh actually we're doing 30 off on the site and sometimes the coupon codes work and sometimes they don't but i am mm. like a bargain hunter through and through like yeah, i okay. will i do not want to get got okay so okay. those are my like things but I realize that that's all like that's all like maybe you're gonna save a couple bucks or twenty dollars right. here or there, which honestly, in the long run, means a lot. But now after this conversation with Eva, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I got more work to do. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Nice. What about you? So I have like a uh, I don't know what is it called like a folder of apps on my phone, uh-huh. right? And it's literally called finances. It's titled finances, and I keep everything somewhat finances related in there. I downloaded Credit Karma. Uh-huh. Um, because I'm really obsessed with credit. I will not date a guy who has bad credit. <laughs> Do you ask that? Oh, heck yeah. Like, oh. what's your credit? That's important to me, Jess. Like, I'm about to date no one that has bad credit. I I'm mean, sorry. <laughs> no, that it, that really, really is
0: important. That yeah. is important. I mean,
1: as so for me, it's like, just, but I never ask. I've never asked never that asked question. question. Oh, I've asked. I mean, <laughs> even if it's like, how's your credit? And if they're like, oh, you know, I'm struggling. Okay, bye. Uh. Like, no. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm slightly kidding, but it is. No, she's not, is, but it's all it good because it's all love over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I downloaded Credit Karma on my phone. And you're just able to see like how, you know, how credit, how your credit score is growing. If you want to make sure that if you have, if you one of those people that had a lot of credit cards and didn't close them if you have student loans if you have like open accounts like you're just able to see everything there and also realize like how you can change mm. and move up that needle of your credit gotcha. score. just for someone that's a little obsessed with credit like apparently <laughs> um I downloaded the app uh, acorns okay which what it, it what it does is that whatever it connects to your like debit card so whatever you spend like let's say you go to Starbucks and spend $11.35 it rounds up to the nearest dollar and uses that money as as like your investment fund okay so out of you know I've already have hundreds of dollars on my account that's being invested nice and it kind of does it on like and then whenever you want to just remove the money you can if you want to I mean it's it's a very like small we're talking about like cents Mm -hmm. but I mean I feel like someone that doesn't know much about the investment world like I felt like it was it was good for me to have it there to just be like, okay, this is, you know, this is something that I'm learning, and even if it's like 35 cents here, 75 cents there, it adds up. It really because does. We use our debit card all the time, all the so it's you know, it's like 15 dollars a week if that's what it is. You otherwise, I feel like I would never, like. In my mind, be like, oh, let me put up a hundred bucks and just store them away. No, no, it's so
0: true. It's so true, and that's like how I feel about Digit. It's like now I've got a couple thousand dollars in there of money that I probably wouldn't have thought that I could have saved, and yeah. that's a vacation, you yeah. know. So it's definitely. Yeah. And you know what we'll do is we will put all of these apps yes in our newsletter. Yeah. Absolutely. So
1: yeah, yeah. So this way, you guys can have access to that and check them out. And if you have anything that you would like to share with us, uh you know what you use, what's worked for you, maybe what hasn't worked for you, something that you recommend a book also please let us know on all our social yeah up pod at gmail.com is our email
0: yes for sure and for those of you who really loved eva's message and want to learn more and connect with her she has an event coming up yes and she so graciously gave us two tickets to give to our um our listeners so what we'll do is we will do a little raffle online of sorts so make sure you're following our instagram because we will initiate it through there yes. Yara, can you tell us a little bit more about the event uh
1: yes she's having it's uh it's called a conchitas and capital conversation uh saturday uh, april 6th with chiquis rivera That's talking amazing. about building your brand building an empire taking care of your money uh and also like what to do and what to share with your girlfriends i
0: love it i yeah. love it yes yeah, so we will post that on our social and two lucky ladies will win and if you don't you can always you know get tickets for the event you Yourself. um And we also have an event coming up. I am so excited! This is gonna be dope. um This is like our first event of the year. We obviously are a little behind, but we're not. We but know we're what, not. our our timing is divine. Yeah, 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 we're yeah. doing our thing. Yeah. Um, so we have. If you came to any of our Beyonce dance classes last oh, year, girl, you we know. are back. <laughs> we are back with some twerk and action. So on April fourteenth, us along with Word Agency and I Love You Magazine. Ily Mag are hosting a Beyonce dance class and self love workshop. So you get a little bit of everything because you know after we dance to some Beyonce, we're feeling really fire. We're feeling good about our bodies, and we want to make sure that after that, we're also having a conversation so that once you walk out of that space, you're feeling
1: like divine. You no one can touch you because if you already been to one of our classes or you know followed us on social and see what we post, it is like an amazing space and like it's so much fun full of love and like girl power so just adding this aspect of like self-care and self-love i think it's gonna be
0: it's gonna be incredible it's, it's gonna, incredible. Be, it's gonna, it's gonna be, be so good so good so we um definitely hope you guys will be able to join us again we are in the process of finalizing the event space but it will be on april 14th uh, from 11 to 1 30 p.m and you again can follow all of that information on our social media at weight holds up pod Of course, as always, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. We We love love and appreciate
1: y'all. Leave us your messages. Leave us your reviews on iTunes so we can
0: shout you out. And send us some questions. And we will be responding to them in our episodes moving forward. We sort of switched it up today. We were talking more about our finances. So we wanted to share that personal side. But we are still doing that. So send us all the goods. Mad love to you guys. Bye. Bye.